this? Here's the guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Three, two, one. You forgot the ram. We didn't bring the ram, ma'am. Mom. <laughs> ram, ma'am. Stop saying frickin' ram. <laughs> and Dad, you know that mailman that you got fired? Didn't steal your Playboys? Ross did. <laughs> there will Hurricane Gloria didn't break the porch swing, Monica did. <laughs> Ross hasn't worked at the museum for a year. Monica and Chandler are living together. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and we have an unusual episode today. Hi, I'm producer Dave. Yes, we've got an unusual episode for you today. Um, why don't you tell us all about it, Marcus? Oh, you, you got there before I did. I was going to say, Producer Dave, why don't you tell us why it's unusual? Oh, well, says Producer Dave, you, you, you caught me unawares and you've asked me what, why it's an unusual episode. This is an unusual episode because we're on holiday. And so what we decided to do was put together two uh, top five segments from two of our previous shows. And we have a specific reason why we picked these two uh, top five episodes. The first top five episode is going to be, and we, it's just the top five segment. So it's not the full episode. It's just the top five segment. And it's going to be with uh, filmmaker James Kermack, who was on the show with us uh, back in 2017 to promote his first film, High Low Joe. It's a brilliant film. You should, if you can, go and check it out. I believe it's on Amazon at the moment. Now, the reason we're using him uh, is, as uh, the first seg uh, top five segment is because his sophomore effort, which is his second uh, film, uh, feature film, is called Knuckle Dust. And it is currently on, uh, on uh, Sky Cinema. You can catch it on Sky Cinema. It is completely different from High Low Joe. This is action, punch, punch him up uh, or beat him up action. And it is set primarily in a fight club. One man walks in, a man called Hard Eight, walks into a, a fight club and beats his way up uh, levels to get to the, the main boss bad guy. Not going to explain who that person is. And it's all told in flashback when he's being interviewed by the police uh, for the crimes that he has committed. So you think things such as uh, Judge, the, the recent Dread movie or The Raid 
it is pretty much it, it is that is what this movie is it's got geth and anthony in it it's got uh oh i keep forgetting his name he's the um he, he's the free runner he, he was big in the in the late 90s early 2000s free runner it, the names escape my mind anyway it's got um kate kate dickey in it it's got um the oh winston jamie winston in it it's got a number of people number of great actors in it go check it out it is on sky cinema and we wanted to use this episode to to look back because we haven't gotten them into the studio yet into our zoom studio to talk to us about knuckle dust so we wanted to sort of get that as a, a flashback when we talked to james kermack and how we got his top five favorites which was about um, uh, debut movies, top five debut movies. And the second top five that we're going to be introducing uh, or we're going to be bringing back today is with our f- great friends. We love these girls wholeheartedly, the Shakespeare sisters, uh, Hillary and Anna Elizabeth uh, Shakespeare, or Anne Elizabeth Shakespeare. She's going to kill me for calling it Anna. Uh, Anne Elizabeth Shakespeare, the Shakespeare sisters, they were on to promote their f- debut movie, uh, soundtrack to 16 they're also working on a brand new project i'm not going to talk about that project because we are hoping to get them on next week so they can talk about that project so they they came on and they uh, gave us their top five favorite coming of age films so that's the two that we're putting together we're putting top five debut films and top five coming of age films one episode that did not have producer dave and the other episode which did have producer dave um and both episodes had the wonderful laura sampson yes yay back yes laura laura's dulcet tones back with us again absolutely so we we're we're trying to give her fond memories so she can listen to this episode and then think oh i remember being on the show i had so much fun and come back on the show. Other that, either that, or she's going to listen to it and think, "Oh, I remember those horrible, horrifying days." Which is why I'm glad I'm not coming back. Whichever <laughs> the case may be, Laura Sampson, wherever you are listening to this, hope you're doing well. Congratulations on all your storytelling work. Make sure you come back on the show and tell us more about it. Anyway, I'm going to stop rabbiting. On you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Day. And here is the first of our top five favorites. So, here's the scenario. You are a time-traveling thief. You've been hired by an enigmatic billionaire to time travel and steal five debut movies, uh, five of the best debut movies in the history of films. So you get in your time machine, you travel uh, across the centuries from 1920s right through to 2017, and you pick five movies on a list. But then you see these five movies and you think, no, there's no way that you're going to give this these five movies away. I mean, you, you now hold these movies that no one else is going to see except you. So what you do is you take the five movies that you've just stolen and you find the dark recesses of time and you sit there and you just keep watching these five movies over and over and over again. All of these are just basically our way of introducing our top five movie, uh, film and, uh, and TV discussion, which today is going to be the debut, uh, the 
top five favorite debuts of uh, directors. So I've got my five. Laura, you've got your five. James, you've got your five. I have. Uh, Nick, unfortunately, we didn't ask <laughs> you to get a five. But uh, Nick can you, share mine. It's fine. Do you like wanna, I imagine Nick one. will also like what one. I've got. You've got one. Okay, you go, you, yeah. you've got one. <laughs> hmm, I wonder what it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. So James, being our guest, we'll get you to tell us your number five and your number four. Okay, so I, I, I did five five to one, but this is like in order of, not my top five, but this is in order of time in in that I watched it. Okay. Uh, so at five, I have uh, Get Out, Jordan Peele, oh, which is the most recent nice. one that I've seen, uh, which is just ridiculous. It's, it's insanely good film. Yeah. Um, I went to see the cinema where I got the last ticket on the day it came out, mm -hmm. and I was packed into the cinema. I was right at the front, right in front of the screen. And it's one of the only screens I've ever seen where people were shouting at the screen, yep. talking to each other. What the, what's going on? No, don't do that. Um, yep. It's an amazing film, and we've watched it. I mean, oh, my girlfriend's here, by the way. So <laughs> not me and Nick. Me and Nick haven't watched it together. Um, it's but, fine. No one's judging. It's fine. <laughs> but um, I got Lisa to watch it as well. But I've seen it like four times this year already. Oh, that's that's, that's more than I have. Mm. I, I've seen it twice, and I'm, I would happily go see that again. So mm. I'll go see that with you and your girlfriend and yes. Nick. If you want, so that'd be good. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know, Get Out is an amazing film. Uh, we'll, but we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Uh, what's your number four? Uh, number four, I had his Tyrannosaur, Paddy Considine, oh, yeah. um, which I saw at the cinema uh, when it first came out, and literally, I, I think I was over in, I think it was in post for High Low, um, and sat outside the cinema for a good hour and a half in silence, just what, just shut the film down. What am I doing? This is that's insanely good. <laughs> you just, um, you just it, it, end everything and just walk uh, away. It's I, like, no, it's, it's good, it's done. It, it's just superb. I mean, Mullen and, and Coleman and Marsan are three of the greatest actors we have working at the moment um, and Paddy Constantine's an amazing writer director I mean had the uh, good fortune to go see his second film Journeyman at a private screening um, which is I mean, I was it was embarrassing because I'm a huge Paddy Constantine fan and yeah. my mate was doing Ferryman with him at the time. Okay. Uh, and so at the end he was like, hey, you know, James, this is Paddy. The film, I was in tears already. Yep. So I was like, hey, hey, Paddy Constantine, <laughs> huge fan of your work. And I was like in tears and I was like, damn it, man, why did you introduce me then? This is ridiculous. You could have carried on going, so I, I have knuckle dust here <laughs> with me. You should be um, so, <laughs> But yeah, if you haven't seen uh, Tyrannosaurus, it's, it's one of the greatest films of all time, bar none. I know I've heard a lot. That's actually uh, on my list to watch. I was supposed to watch it this weekend, but I was binge watching something else, which is going to be one of my um, uh, recommendations later on. Uh, Tyrann so that's Tyrannosaur number four and mm -hmm. Get Out is uh, number five. Yes. Laura, what is your number five and what is your number four? Well, my number five is The Babadook. Yes. Uh, directed ba by Jennifer Kent. And it's really really scary uh i quite like haunted house movies i was i'm a particular fan of um the uh, changeling films like yeah. a, uh, a couple of uh, a couple of different remakes of those and this was it just had all the elements that i love in a horror scare movie yeah. uh, it was kind of there was kind of a creeping fear that i started that started to infect me there mm -hmm. was a like a i thought a really well a well told that difficult relationship between some of the main characters and that kind of deepened the horror of it for me so uh so yeah it's uh that's my number five bobby looks very good very good mm -hmm. call and my number four is a korean film that i actually only saw a few weeks ago as part of london's korean film festival called people in the slum by bay chang ho i saw it at the close-up film center in a special screening and it was the director who is one of korea's 
most famous film directors. Not that we'd know it here. You still haven't given um, me the list of uh, Korean films that you're going to see. You, you haven't given me that list yet. Ah, yes. Something to post on the to-do list. Right. But it's a, kind of a love triangle movie, really beautifully shot in a um, shantytown just outside Seoul. And it's really moving. There's a... I don't want to give too much away, but there's a, a son who doesn't know who his father is and uh, his... Um, <laughs> it's so difficult. Uh, do you want, do, should we just give the spoiler alert? Does Bruce Willis die at the end? Yeah. Is that... It, it, is it no a sled one, uh, or is it... No, no one dies. And in the end, people don't have to accept as bad a fate as they thought they would have to. So it's a, it's a really happy ending. And You've ruined it for me. I can't go watch it now. Well, you should have said spoiler before you did it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I think it's really that it's really beautifully shot and it was um, t- something new and strange for me to so see. What, so what was the title for that? So people it's can go watch it? It's called People in the Slum. People in the Slum. And it was directed by a Korean director called Bae Chang-ho. came out in 1982. It wasn't actually allowed to be shown outside of Korea for a very long time because it depicted poverty in yeah. Korea, which the regime at the time didn't approve of. But now, happily things aren't uh, quite so strict. Okay, so that's Babadook, number five, and People in the Slum, number four. Oh, that's, uh, those are your choices. Uh, Babadook, I respect. People in the Slum, I've never heard of, so I'll, I'll put, put that on the list. I need to watch that. Uh, my number five, uh, from 1984, The Coen Brothers, Blood Simple. This movie, it, it's I, I love The Coen Brothers. It, the movie is about um, a... Uh, a bar owner, he, he owns a bar, who finds out his wife is having an affair with one of the bartenders. Uh, he had hired a private investigator to find to find him out. He gets presented with proof. And when they want to leave him or when his wife wants to leave him, he hires the uh, private investigator to go and kill the wife and the boyfriend. And it just go, it's supposed to be a simple plan and it goes to hell. Uh, pretty much that's the plot for almost every Coen Brothers movie um, but Coen Brothers they're one of my favorite directors that movie starts off it, it, I love that movie because of how gritty it is but another reason why I put that on the list is mainly how they made the movie there's this legend going around about and this uh, uh, James you probably know this story already yeah. um, uh, they, they made the movie by basically shooting a trailer for a movie that they hadn't made yet and they went around sh- um, showing it to different people saying look this is a movie we've made do you want to invest in it and so on and people were investing in a movie they thought had already been made they took all that money and just basically shot the extra scenes and just filled that that the other 88 minutes exactly (laughs) right Uh, so that alone is one of the reasons why I put that as my number five that is uh, the Coen Brothers Blood Simple my number four you've already mentioned it is Get Out is Jordan Peele 2017 Daniel Kaluuya Alison Williams Bradley Whitford it's about uh, um, a a black uh, a black male black man uh, played by Daniel Kaluuya uh, called Chris Washington who is taken by his white girlfriend to her uh, ultra liberal parents house or home uh, for the weekend to enjoy uh, some celebration and it's it plays with racial tension and uh, ra- uh, racial expectation and stereotypes so beautifully I was having a conversation with someone earlier today about a particular scene uh, where I, I mentioned to the person that because they were white they may not necessarily understand the um, some 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 of the uh, you know some some of the, how it resonates with some of the people who are black who are watching it. For example, a police officer shows up at a particular scene where in a normal film it would be you know celebration. 
But in for this particular character, because he's black, it's a complete opposite. And that's why this movie is so fantastic, which is why when you mentioned it, it as your number five, you said number five. Five in, in order of time coming out, sure. not in, in order of how good the film is. Uh, absolutely. And it's Jordan Peele's first one, Jordan Peele from uh, Key and Peele. Which uh, is awesome. If you haven't watched that, Key and Peele is hilarious yeah. and also really on the money with uh, social stuff exactly. within the comedy. So that's my number four. So my number five was Blood Simple. Number four was Get Out. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I am Marcus E. Echo. And I'm Laura Sampson. With us in the studio, the director of Hilo Joe, James Kermack, and the uh, distributor of Hilo Joe, uh, Nick Sadler. Uh, we are talking top five favorite debuts by directors. James, um, we, just before we go to James for your number three, your number two, uh, Miguel Ortega uh, mentioned Boys in the Hood. Uh, John mm-hmm. Singleton uh, and uh, this oh god I remember watching that mm, yeah. I really remember watching that and this film. is Spinal Tap yeah they were Spinal oh. Tap and Boys in the Hood were in my top 20 when I was doing this list down from like 80 to 5 yeah that's the thing you get a whole bunch a whole list and, and one of the reasons why because well, I looked at I looked at my list and I put I started off by putting a lot of my favourite directors on there and then started crossing a lot of them off because I was thinking yeah I like their work afterwards but their first films weren't that great mm. uh, but my top five for me anyway and the ones that you've been mentioning I saw your list earlier I you absolutely both your lists I really like the people on there uh, and the work itself some of them I need to catch up on Tyrannosaur uh, people in the slums need to catch up on them uh, James what is your number three and what's your number two number three was Away From Her which is a, a film by oh, Sarah Polly yes. it's, fa- it's an amazing film uh, about a woman played by Julie Christie who gets Alzheimer's and she's been living with her husband for many many years uh, and basically she starts to forget who he is so it's basically uh a film where this couple kind of fall apart but one of them has to watch the other one completely forgetting who they are uh, it's, a, it's a ridiculously good film really heartbreaking Sarah Polly is a huge talent um, and I mean this was a few years back maybe six seven years ago she did this she's only done one film since which is Take This Waltz which is, again is a great film Michelle Williams yeah. um, Seth Rogen I think it was and um, uh, Sarah Silverman right uh, yes, yeah. um, but that's been, you know, it's another three, four years since she hasn't got to make another film. I think she's been working on a documentary, but I mean, this woman should be writing and directing films every year. It's, she's unbelievable. Yeah, she's, a, she's an actress as well. She's so an I mean, actress. Yeah. She was, she was, uh, you might recognize her from uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, which yes, is his she's. debut. Um, and my number two was... Uh, uh, House Party, Reginald <laughs> Hudlin, yeah. um, which is an amazing film. Um, it, I remember watching it as a kid, and you know, I grew up on a council estate. But you know, I'm a white boy, um, and uh, you're white. I'm white. <laughs> if you don't know on this radio show, I am white. Um, but House Party is an unbelievable film, and, and you know, watching it, you, I was always just kind of like, that's that's the party I want to go to yep. when I'm old enough. That's that's the party. Kid and play, uh, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still trying, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, it is the what it is. But I remember having my big baggy pants and trying to do the kick dance yep. and uh, you know no one wanted to do it with me but that's fine Oh no worries we can do it at the end of the show that's yeah, cool, absolutely man. hey I do that every wedding <laughs> I go to yeah. I have a number of people so you, number five so you, number three was uh, um, Away, away From, from her. her number two Hudlin who's got um, he's just got a Marshall coming out of Chadwick Boseman <gasps> oh, yeah, which looks okay. fantastic that's cool um, uh, yeah that's one on my list to watch mm. as well uh, okay Laura what's your number three what's your number two well my number three is Whitnell and I uh Bruce Robinson's first directorial debut, although he'd done lots of stuff before. Um, if anyone in the world hasn't watched it, it's about uh, two out-of-work actors, one posh, one slightly less posh, who have adventures in their house, in their local area, and in on holiday. In a, by mistake. In a, yeah. <laughs> by mistake, in a country house, uh, 
where there's a slightly uh, predatory uncle who um, who really enjoys the company, shall we say. Um, I think that movie is, a, is required watching for any university student, any university any boy going to university because uh, when, I, when I that was basically all I heard when I was at university have you watched Wind in the Light Wind in the Light Wind in the Light I was like okay I watched it and I was like just two guys getting drunk um, but yeah that's, it's, it's, it's a good film it's not just two guys getting it's, drunk yeah. no I think uh, no I know but yeah but it's just the, with the hype it's like yeah yeah, I mean, um, it's, the be- it's, the, it's some of the best dialogue that's ever been. Absolutely, yeah. Bruce Robinson is a, an, a, an amazing, amazing writer. Is a, quite stunning, actually. If you read any of his novels as well, he's a huge talent. And so, Richard, uh, Richard E. Grant, right? Just uh, is uh, as Whitnell. Yeah, that, that was Richard E. Grant. The yeah. Richard E. Yeah. Grant and uh, uh, Paul, McGann? Paul McGann. Yeah, um, and Richard Griffiths. Yes. Yeah. God rest his soul. <laughs> so that was your number three. What's your number two? My number two is Beasts of the Southern Wild, yeah. um, directed by. Ben Zeitlin in 2012. Um, it uh, stars a six-year-old um, whose name in the film is Hush Puppy and whose name in real life I still can't Quivon. quite pronounce. Quivon, Qu- Quivon Genet. Yeah, Quivon Wallace, Wallace. Yeah, who was the the most the most brilliant child actress I've ever seen. But she, uh, in the film, lives with her father who becomes ill. And when he becomes ill, things start happening in the environment. Um, the water levels in the Louisiana Bayou where they live rise and um, the and ice shelves melt and these um, mythological creatures called aurochs um, are released from the ice and so there's there's just a really kind of a dreamy, um, powerful sort of incantatory atmosphere to the whole film, which I just got completely sucked into, and um, that's why it's my number two. What did you think of it? I I, I love that movie. That movie's so beautiful. Um, it, it's uh, 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 the soundtrack's amazing as well. Isn't soundtrack's it? amazing to write to. It's fantastic. It, 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 another thing that struck me with it is was Quavangene uh, Wallace. Um, that was her first film, and she's that young. She was nominated for an Oscar at the same time that um, I can't remember which uh, actress. She was the oldest actress for a French movie. It was in the same year that the youngest actress and the oldest actress got nominated for an Oscar at the same time. But she, her, her performance was so powerful. She was um, something like four years old when she got cast or yeah, something like that, was Something along those lines. Uh, and it, it, you, again, I know bringing another movie, kind of measuring it up, Beast of No Nation with Abraham Atta, just be, it kind of reminded me of how, how those two actors, just so powerful, Pretty much blowing out, blowing away everyone else on the screen. That's one thing I took away from that movie, and I I would have expected her to do a lot more. I know she wanted to to do Annie after that, mm. um, but then haven't seen her in anything else. I know she she voiced um, something in Trolls, but that's about it so far. But uh, I guess it's pretty, maybe her parents are just trying to keep her safe from from the industry to introduce her, you know, slowly. But I want to see more from her because she was. She was just ter- terrific in that particular in in that movie, uh, but yeah, gr- those are great picks. Uh, Whitnell and I and uh, Beasts of the Southern no um, Whitnell and I and Beasts of the Beasts Southern of Wild. Wild. Yeah, not Beasts of No Nation. That mm-hmm. is Abraham Atta, but still great movie. Uh, my number three is uh, in, from two thousand and four. Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I raved about this on our Halloween episode. Uh, it basically rejuvenated for me, anyway, the zombie uh, zombie movies. Even though it was a comedy, it was still it wasn't scary, but it was it was funny. Uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, great witty script. Uh, 
almost almost sublime editing. Love the way Edgar Wright with with that film and all these other films after after that moves with editing, where he, moving from one scene to the next, it's part of the story. It's not a simple case of exterior shot, you see a car driving. It's nothing like that. It's part of the fun of the story, which is why I like Shaun of the Dead. Um, it, it's, it, it's such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's, it's about uh, zombies pretty much attacking a, um, a layabout in London, uh, and him and his housemate have to pretty much get their girl, his girlfriend, or his ex-girlfriend from her house to the pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who hasn't seen that movie. Um, I don't like people that don't like that movie. <laughs> I know that's that's exaggeration, but uh, yeah, I know some people that don't like that movie. I'm still trying to convince them, but anyway. Uh, but that's my number three, Shaun of the Dead. My number two, 1941, John Huston, The Maltese Falcon. Um, love this movie. Uh, I grew up on Dashiell Hammett novels. Uh, Sam Spade is, for me, one of the best uh, private detectives. It's Humphrey Bogart. The story is about uh, this... Uh, private detective whose partner gets killed and he's basically investigating that death as well as uh, a gorgeous lady who comes in to, to hire him to find uh, to, to find out who's trying to kill her and he gets entangled in these three different criminals who are chasing this uh, elusive um, artifact called the Maltese Falcon and it's an amazing film it's I know it's old it's black and white there are a lot of people who shy away from black and white movies don't go and watch them some of them are the best you've seen uh, so you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM we are talking our favorite uh, uh, debut directorial debuts let's talk about our number ones uh, I would jump in Jack Flash uh, Whoopi Goldberg yeah. uh, directed by Penny Marshall uh, which in the 80s is huge because it was a female director and a female lead um, it was one of the first films I ever saw and then Penny Marshall went on to do Big for her next film yeah. so if you're going to do a debut feature which is Jump and Jack Flash one of the greatest comedies of all time and then go on to Big I think you're an awesome awesome director and Whoopi Goldberg is uh, I mean she moved from there went inside doing she did Color Purple did a whole bunch of other she's things. an amazing actress she should be doing major major films she's now. one of the few EGOT holders right so she's got an Oscar Grammy Emmy and uh, Tony mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. Okay, Nick, I know we've been going around and around, and we haven't talked to you in a while. Do you want to give us one of your favorite debuts uh, from a director? Um, Pie by Darren Aronofsky. I thought you were gonna go high low, Joe. <laughs> Why not? It's like this is what am I paying for? I know, right? <laughs> no, well, but- there would be two, but yeah, I uh, I randomly saw that film uh, uh, as a student, and it was on like a late night. It was I was in New Zealand, and I think it was on Sky or something. I had no idea, and was completely blown away. Mm-hmm. And then I remember just like looking up, like who's this guy, and then and following his career and. And you know he's he's a legend. Nah, so it's has a good call. Pie, Laura, what's your number one? My number one is Perfect Blue by uh, directed by Satoshi Kon. It is a anime film, and the first, um, actually, the first ever film that Satoshi Kon directed, which is unusual for things that actually make it into a English um, subtitle uh, movie. Um, he did lots of things. Um, after that, but this is uh, about a, a pop singer turned actress who gets a stalker, and lots of uh, weird, sometimes supernatural things happen. Yeah, after that, I, I've I've heard I heard about that pretty recently, and I want to get that on my list as well to watch it. My number one, uh, two thousand and five, Joss Whedon, Serenity. Uh, if you've listened to this show for how many how many episodes we've had, you've heard me talk about Serenity, talk about Firefly. The opening sample for this is, of this show is. Um, is Firefly. Uh, it's a clip from Firefly. I love this movie. Joss Whedon is one of my favorite writer-directors ever. So uh, that movie, Serenity, I've watched it almost 100 times. Go and watch it if you haven't seen it. 
You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And that was the first of our top five favorite segments for this week. We recalled an episode that we did with James Kermack, filmmaker, director of High Low Joe, and now director of Knuckle Dust. And he gave us his top five favorite debut films. Here is our second top five favorites. with the Shakespeare sisters talking about their film Soundtrack to 16. If you don't know what, if you've never, this is your first time for the show, uh, we go around the room and we go from uh, five to four with our top five favorites of a particular category. So we'll start with our guests. Uh, we have two guests. Anna will go first, then Hillary will go next, then David will go next, and then I'll go next. And we'll talk about our top five favorites going from five to one. So Anna, what is your number five and number four? So number five, number four. Actually, I'll do these two because they're related. Uh, Francis Ha. Oh yeah. Okay. Which is, I think that's Greta a really Gerig. good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good bit of coming of age because it's coming of age a bit later when um, her friend, um, <coughs> the two girls, kind of their friendship breaks up and it's like her having to come to terms with her friend getting married, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, yeah, is one that doesn't get done that much. When your friends leave you, you're supposed to be happy about it, but it's sure. not, and it's quite refreshing. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the only other one I can think of that it comes straight to mind is uh, bridesmaids. Um, yeah, with, that's yes, true. yes, but uh, but I guess with bridesmaids, they're already older. So is this is not a situation with Francis Ha? It's sort of you, you're watching them grow and get to that point where it's like it's at the early age of when your friends start to get married. I mean, you go through yeah. that phase of um, everyone goes, you and your group of friends, you all go through the same sort of experiences together, right? So you're in high school or college together, you graduate, you go to university together, you graduate, and then you get your first job together, your full-time job, and then the first set of friends start getting married and going off and some other people start thinking, well, now it's my turn, or no, I don't want to get married. I get yanked into it and so on and so forth. So I guess uh, that's the same sort of energy you yeah, get from I mean, it, right? I guess also so bridesmaids is a bit more like the competition between the the two the women, friends, right? Yes. And then with Frances Ha, it's like the competition between her and her friend's new husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess she's not like in the right, but I think it's very much from her perspective in that it doesn't really like usually. I think films would come down on that being unreasonable. Okay. And yeah, I, so, I just like the story. So that was your number five. What's yeah. your number four? Um, so then I thought number four, I'd do the related one, Lady Bird. So obviously, yes. another Greta Gerwig <clears throat> film. Yeah. Uh, that's with Saoirse Ronan, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked I liked Lady Bird. Um, I was watching it with someone I can't remember exactly who I was watching it with, and they didn't get the same sort of reaction from the movie as I did. <clears throat> it was ve- it's very funny. It's I loved the interaction between her and her mum. But yeah, it was that, that's what I got the most the the, yeah. re- the interaction between her and her mum. But this is your pick, Lady Bird. Yeah, that's my number four. Yep. Okay, um, so Hillary, let's go with you. Uh, what's your number five and number four? So I was going to do <coughs> TV shows. Um, I guess I'll go for some. I'll go for these two as well because they're kind of related. I, I haven't really ordered them that specifically. So, um, but I was going to go for Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Yeah, I love that TV show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaks um, and oh, Geeks. What did we find out the other day? It was so random. Um, you know the kid that the 
the younger brother in yes. Freaks and Geeks, he wrote uh, Spider-Man, yeah. didn't he? Like, like the Homecoming or something. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. I know because it, it is uh, that group pretty much have grown up to become like huge in their regards. You have Seth yeah. Rogen, uh, yeah. Jason Segel, um, a whole bunch of it. Because it's... Um, Judd Aptow, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I find the weirdest thing though the Franco. young boys because the yeah, James Franco, those yes. older boys you can recognise them, and then the one, uh, the other ones like in Silicon Valley, like the one that's a really tall nerdy guy. Yep, yep. It's just so weird to see yeah. him like be an adult, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, that was you." Uh, yeah, he's, it's got, true. he's got so much hair in Silicon Valley. In Silicon Valley, he's just got beard. the whole bushy beard, right? <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, he's just completely clean shaven. Um, it's funny, it's funny you actually mentioned that. Um, you said the younger brother's the one who wrote um, Homecoming. Yeah. Okay, because the other guy, the one that we were just talking about that was in Silicon Valley, is also in Homecoming. Really and oh, then, is he? Yeah, he's the teacher in oh, Homecoming. So he's, uh, yeah, the teacher who takes them on the, the school trip and so on. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, it's good. Cool. So that's Freaks and Geeks. What's uh, number four? Yeah, so I actually think, like, quite similar, but quite a similar style, but more recent. Like, Everything Sucks. On Everything Sucks. Have you seen it? It's, no, um, I haven't. It's kind of set around then as well, and it's quite got a really similar vibe. But um, it's about a girl. I think she's just, like, realising she might be gay. Um, I can't actually remember the storyline that well because I watched it like a year ago, but it okay. was really good and it got cut early. And I guess they both got cut really early after one season when yeah, you're just like getting geese. into it yeah. and ready for the next season. And then they. David, what's your five and four? My five and four are two gross out movies. Um, so let's start with number five, which is In Between This Movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, if you've ever watched the Channel 4 series or sort of like E4 series, which is on repeat ad infinitum. Oh, uh, after 11 o'clock at night you'll know what it's about three yeah three friends who go four. on three there's four, four of them yeah. yeah four friends who go on holiday and it contains one of the funniest dance scenes with a yes. person let's say uh, a, a chemical dye on his face uh-huh. that's the one where they're in the, the nightclub and they, they're the, early in the nightclub and it's just like them and them yes. and a couple of girls yeah. trying to dance it's one of the it's one hilarious scene but anyway that's my number five my number four is an older film and that's another gross out film in actual fact it's a, a really really sort of like x-rated porkies and if you've ever seen it or if you've never seen it i, I would recommend that you do there's a there are just some really gross scenes in there. One really famous scene, yep. which involves a shower, and it's really, really funny. But I would say to you, pick your, put it on pause, pick yourself up, and watch the next scene, because that is actually funnier. It's so much fun. So my number five um, is more serious than what you guys have been going with. Boys in the Hood, uh, 1991 John Singleton movie uh, about a, a boy played by Cuba Gooden Jr. who is sent to go live with his dad, um, Lawrence Fishburne, and it is sort of he has to grow up in a uh, in a in a less affluent neighborhood than where he was raised with his mum, and he meets up with his he, he gets to hang out with friends Ice Cube and I can't remember the other guy um, character, but it, it's these young men, young black men in the neighborhood dealing with police, dealing with gangs, and so on and so forth. Um, and it's it's eye opening. I grew up watching those movies. That um, what was the other one? Um, Menace to Society and so on. So a lot of films showing young black men growing up in America and how what they had to deal with. So that Boys in the Hood, it's a phenomenal movie. It stands up till today. Just go watch it. It's a great film. My number four, same sort of um, environment, but a completely different genre. House Party. Right, so house party set in 1990. Uh, it's again house parties, just young 
Afro-American um, friends just all basically having the opportunity to have parties and whatnot. That reminded me of the side of, you know, the fun side of me growing up back in Nigeria with us going to house parties and just like playing R&B and hip hop music. And, just, you know, I've always I've described this moment in different situations where it's like eight o'clock, everyone comes in, grabs some food and whatnot by 12 midnight it lights are pretty much off and it's grinding very close <laughs> and and like sweat and heave jacob close your ears um <laughs> you're good uh, well, yeah and uh, yeah so that's that's my number five my number four my number five is uh boys in the hood my number four is house party you're listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i'm marcus e Ako. i'm david campbell with us in the studio the shakespeare sisters anna and hillary shakespeare uh promoting their film Soundtrack to 16, they're about to tell us their number three and number two favorite coming-of-age films and TV shows. So, Anna, we'll start with you. Oh, yeah, so back to films. Uh, my number three is Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, okay. I watched that the other day when I was hungover and just, like, cried so much. <laughs> you hungover? <laughs> God, yeah. if, you should, if you could see this lady in front of me and you'd think... Don't, ju- don't judge, excuse David. Me, you know. Don't judge. I was judge. wondering if you were saying that because you'd only ever seen me hungover. Yeah, he was being sarcastic. Yeah, don't watch that when you're hungover. It's too sad. It's a, it, yeah, to be honest, it, it's a sad film even if you're not really hungover. Even if you're like you're sober, you watch it. The end, the final revelation and whatnot, it's kind yeah. of a massive... Don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it's a great it, it's a great film, um, and I I agree with you. Great um, coming of age film. Uh, Emma Watson, right? Yeah. Yes, that's good. That's good. Okay, so that's your number three. What's your number two? Uh, my number two. Me and Hillary would disagree on whether it's coming of age, but call me by your name. It, kind of, I would agree yeah, with romance, that. It's a coming age, yeah, yeah because it's because uh, yeah, yeah, because it's yes. I'll let you describe it, and that's uh, <laughs> Timothy Timothy Chalamet. I'll let yeah. you describe it. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, it's uh, I saw it in the cinema, which is really fun because it's always better in the cinema isn't it and uh, yeah and I just love the kind of like Italian summer talking about literature Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or poetry or whatever it is and uh, playing music and it's got a great vibe you just want to be in it Mm -hmm. which I think is always really fun with films where you're just like I want to be in that world right now oh sorry no worries okay Um, so that was an alarm going off by the way <laughs> so yeah, that's my number four. Okay, so your number three was Perks of Being a Wallflower, and number two was Call Me by Your Name. Hillary, what are your number three and two? Um, so I'm gonna go for my. Okay, wait, let me just quickly decide. Okay, yes, yes. Um, so I'm gonna go for um, Can't Cope, Won't Cope. Can't cope, three. won't cope. Okay, I haven't I mean, heard four. of that. Wait, three and four. Or is it three and two? Uh, three and two. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, got got off track there. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's actually like it's kind of another one where they're a bit older. It's actually similar similar subject matter to Francis Hart, actually. Actually, I can give these two together because I said the other one maybe is girls. Oh, okay, um, sure. And they're both slightly similar, but can't cope, won't cope is uh, certain island. And I guess in can't cope, won't cope, they're um, yeah, they're like two friends and one. They're kind of deciding, they're going into their like next stage of life and mm-hmm. trying to work out how to like be adults, I guess. And one of them um, kind of has it more together than the other one. And I guess I quite like it because I feel like a lot of coming of age films, you see people, I mean, I've only watched season one, but um, you see people come of age and like find their way. Mm-hmm. And actually, I feel like in this one, you're watching this girl like really not find her way. She's like, disastrous, yeah. Yeah, she's like trying to find her footing and she's really losing it. And it starts off really lighthearted and it's like, you think, oh, it's just these two girls partying. And the more you watch it, you can't look away because it's going so wrong, but it's also becoming darker and darker. Is this on Netflix um, or Amazon? Or? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, can't, kind of that's like, can't Cope, Won't Cope. Yeah. Okay. 
it kind of tricks you at the beginning because even like the first scene is like in a club everything's so fun and then it just yeah so it gets sadder and sadder and you're like I would never have watched this sad show <laughs> if it, I had. It, yeah you've been fooled you've but then once you start post. watching it you, yeah. you can't stop so it's, yeah. it's right. good when, it, when, now having finished this first season I don't regret it either so. and, and you, you're putting that as a double head with, uh, with, oh, with girls? girls yeah I think I like girls for similar reasons but um, but I think it's well I guess it's like people know it better so I don't need to describe it as much but sure. it's um but yeah, I like how that's kind of that age group as well, coming of age, because I guess a lot of the coming of age things I like are kind of about people become like teenagers kind of working out how to do life. But then there's that quite big thing where you leave university and now you're kind of going from sort of teenagerhood into how to cope with the world. Yeah. That, that's a great pick. I mean, are you putting that as number two, as in girls as number two, or you have something else for number two? Uh, I can... Well, I've got plenty. I was trying. <laughs> you, it's your your call. It's your call. You you can have a double header if you want. Um, I'll just put it as number two actually. Okay. Fair enough. So, okay. Can't so, cope. Won't go cope. Where did you see that? It was on Netflix. 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 Yeah. Okay. Because it was also picked up by the BBC. I've just seen oh, as well. Yeah, right. So it was on BBC at, at right. in. Yeah, the first season was picked up by the BBC on right. Netflix. So. You might be able to find it on iPlayer if you're looking mm. for that. You give me two shows that I have never heard of: Everything Sucks and Can't Cope, Won't Cope, which yeah. I'm mm. definitely going to have a look at now. Because uh, so Can't Cope, Won't Cope is your number three. Girls is your number two. Anna, your number three was Perks of Being a Wallflower. Number two was Call Me by Your Name. David, what's your three and two? My number three is Breakfast Club. I think it's five, or is it six? Five um, students who, for various reasons, have to go to school on a Saturday. Detention, detention yes. and they um, get up to all sorts of things, and I'm not going to describe any of it, but um, you need to watch it just to see what it's all about because uh, there's some really, really good bits and pieces in there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, Breakfast Club, 985. My uh, number two has already been mentioned, Boys in the Hood, so I'm not going to rabbit on about that. So uh, yes, Mr. Man okay. has already given a full description. Mm -hmm. So yes. Okay, my number three, uh, I segued into TV. Um, the rest are all movies, but segued into TV, and I did two TV shows put together. One is Big Mouth, which is on Netflix, um, and it's it's animated show um, voiced by Nick Kroll um, and some other people. Um, it is about these kids in... It's, it, it's, it's about kids growing up in school and experiencing puberty, but it is so foul-mouthed, and it, I can't let my kids watch it. I want my kids to watch it, but I can't let them watch it until they're at least teenagers. Because while it is foul-mouthed and juvenile and disgusting, I think it gives the most accurate portrayal of what children go through when they're going through puberty. Um, you have uh, puberty demons that pop up, you have shame demons that pop up, and uh, all monsters and whatnot, they all interact at the same time, and they give the perfect explanation as to why you get emotionally unstable at that point. It's called Big Mouth. The other one is Sex Education, which is also on Netflix. It's starring Gillian Anderson, uh, Emma, uh, Emma um, McKay, and a number of different other people. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm butchering names. Um, on and it's a great show. It's it's kind. It's set in the UK, but with an American sensibility. So you have American high school in the UK, 
but they're all British, but they've got jocks and they play, they have American footballs being thrown around, they do proms and all that kind of stuff. So for those people like myself who grew up watching, while I didn't watch Breakfast Club, I watched all the other stuff like Sweet 316, um, Weird Science and all that kind of stuff. I, I always classify, classify myself as having the heart of a, 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 an American teenage girl. So that's why I really was drawn to that one. So anyway, Big Mouth and Sex Education are my number three. My number two, Moonlight. It came out in 2016. It is still haven't seen it. You still haven't seen it. It's no. a great. It's it's a great film from a technical point of view, acting as well. Amazing. Mahershala Ali got an, his first Oscar on uh, from it. It's about this boy who go. You see him through three different stages of his life. When he's a young boy, where he's searching for a father figure, if you will. When he becomes um, a teenager in high school, where he's now going through blossoming blossoming relationship with another boy in school. And then when he's an adult, how the impact of everything in previous stages had happened to him. It's a great film. Check it out. It's hard to kind of follow and go and rewatch, but it's a beautiful film. I say definitely check it out. It won the best, uh, best film. Also it didn't. did. Controversially, Eventually. controversially, um, it, 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 not controversially that it, it won, but the fact that it was the announced, it <laughs> the way it won, where mm. basically La La Land got announced as being the winner and the producers of the Oscars had to come on board and on, on the stage and say, no, no, it wasn't La La Land, it was Moonlight that won it and they had to go on. After all, everybody had gone on, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Warren BT, what was wrong with you? Uh, anyway, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. With us in the studio, we have the Shakespeare sisters, Anna and Hilary Shakespeare, promoting Soundtrack 16. They're going to tell us their number one uh, favorite coming-of-age films and TV shows. Anna, what's your number one favorite film? Um, so Almost Famous is what I went for. Almost number Famous. One. Yeah. Yeah, that circled my list. I was like, I want to. I want to. I love that film but it just didn't make my list i was like i i don't i can't attach myself to that just yet but yeah okay tell us what almost famous is about um so uh a teenage boy kind of blags his way into um writing this article in, in music journalism uh and tags along with um a band and their groupies basically um and yeah and i rewatched it the other day um i think it's also one of those films that we we're talking about that eventually people are going to try and come and get it for not mm -hmm. being PC enough, mm -hmm. uh, which is sad. Hopefully they don't, but... Um, nah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's fine. It's, it's, it's talking about... A, the fact that it's, it's, it's not... It's based, based on a true story or, like, inspired by true events. Yeah. And it's what happens on the road, right, with musicians. So yeah, it's and not also like... teenagers don't behave perfectly. It's yeah, like... exactly. I mean, that scene where he's, like, kissing her and she's, like... <clears throat> passed out it's pretty grim but it's like it's not like it's encouraging people to do that mm -hmm. so I think like that'd be kind of yeah, yeah I don't know. True. Um, but yeah I love that film yeah. excellent so that's almost famous Hilary what is your number one um, I was I was surprised you didn't say eighth grade at all. I feel like that oh, should have yeah. gone. Oh, I, I saw was that gonna recently. Go in, I yeah. really like that. But anyway, I'm doing TV shows, so um, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say my so-called life. That's my favorite. Yes. Okay. Uh, Claire. Claire Danes. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so realistic. I just feel like it's so. Um, it was actually quite a big inspiration for Soundtrack 16 as well. We watched that a lot when we were yeah. writing it because we kind of yeah. I feel like it's it's a similar thing that we were going for with this kind of really realistic portrayal of being a teenager because a lot of things that are aimed at teenagers the teenagers actually act a bit older or mm -hmm. a bit cooler and she's just so 
I just I just thought like so accurate for what teenagers are like. You yeah. know, it's just like thinks these really ridiculous thoughts all the time. And uh, David, what's your number one? <clears throat> Itu mama. Itu mama tambien. tambien. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's a 2001 film starring Gail, Gail Bernard, Bernard Yeah. Yeah, and De- uh, Diego Luna. Yes. Um, it's about two guys who go on a road trip with a, well, two teenage boys who go on a road trip with a woman in her late 20s. Mm-hmm. And there's different reasons for the road trip and the way that the road trip unfolds, the relationships between the three are developed and are revealed. Um I'm not going to say any more than that. Yeah. It's a, but it's a brilliant film. My number one, Teen Wolf. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And that was the Shakespeare sisters with their top five favorites. Now, just as a recap, we wanted to do top five favorites for two of our previous guests, James Kermack, filmmaker James Kermack, who was on the show to promote High Low Joe. He now has a new feature film that you can catch on Sky Cinema called Knuckle Dust. And uh, Shakespeare sisters, uh, Hilary and Anne Elizabeth Shakespeare, who uh, came on the show to promote Soundtrack 16. They're working on a new project, which as long as everything goes according to plan, the next time we do this show, we're going to have a conversation with the Shakespeare sisters where we're going to be talking to them about their new project. I'm not going to say what it is, um, they've got some uh, some pretty interesting names attached to the project as well. So I'll let them talk about it, which is the next time they come in. Always love having the Shakespeare sisters come in to, to talk with us. Uh, and I, I can't wait for us to go back into the studio so we can have them in the studio with us chatting, talking about all the wonderful things that they're doing. I seriously want to I want to grow. When I grow up, I want to become the Shakespeare sisters. That's my life plan right now. Now, just before we wrap up, uh, a week ago, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, some of the things that we were looking forward to watching. And one thing in particular I mentioned was the Friends reunion. Producer Dave, did you get to watch the Friends reunion? No, I haven't got to see it yet. Um, uh, there's been a lot of reports about it, but I'm trying to avoid them. So... Uh... I, I take it you have seen it. I saw it. I loved it. It was fantastic. So it, it, it wasn't, uh, unlike what some people had thought it was going to be, uh, it wasn't them coming together to do uh, an, another Friends episode, um, you know, like other type of reunion shows tend to do. It wasn't that. It was basically just the actors coming together and reminiscing on the show that was that, that they finished 17 years ago. I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned the last time I talked about it, said that it, the last episode was in 2002. It was in 2004, actually. And it had run for 10 years from 1994 to 2004. And they were like the biggest thing on television for a number of years. I think they were voted best comedy six years in a row when it was on. And it, 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 I have to say, I am fully in that camp of I'm 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 a huge Friends fan. Um, if there's any type of um, you know like the Beliebers and 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 the I don't know what what are the the the, the names you give fans of various whatever. Um, I am I, I am I am a Friendser. If you want to do that, I'm coining it this term now. No, I'm okay. a Friends. 
you, 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 will, you do I, that. <laughs> I will do that. I will do that. Watch. It's going to catch on. It's going to it's going to catch on like wildfire about a show that, that finished its run 17 years ago. Um, but it was it was a fantastic reunion episode. You get to see all of the actors, the, 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 the six actors coming back, all looking really different from what they did back in the day of course um, of course right time time was I, I, i'll put this out there while time was not really good on most of them lisa kudrow it wasn't too bad on lucy lisa kudrow, lisa kudrow who, who plays phoebe on the show played phoebe on the show she came out remarkably unscathed matt leblanc on the other hand Wowee. And there were a number of jokes, being, not even jokes, they were just basically statements being made. They weren't intentional, but it was like, come on. And it was Jennifer Aniston that said it twice, two separate occasions uh, that she made. It wasn't a joke at his expense, but it wasn't. It's like, as soon as she said it, everyone just kind of side-eyed Matt LeBlanc and it's like, oh, don't do that. Leave him alone. But he is, it was an empire. It was like, it was, it's, it was really funny. Um, so the way it was structured, it was um, basically like an interview type situation. Uh, they first, it started off with the six of the six actors coming back onto the set and they'd rebuilt the set and everything. So they walked around, uh, they did, they sat at a table, they did a table read of some of their favorite episodes um, and they they watched some of their some other episodes as well while sitting on Monica's couch, and they replayed the game, the one that uh, again Friends fans know what I'm doing. I'm talking about. They replayed the game uh, where they're in the show was what got uh, Joey and Chandler to win uh, Monica's and Rachel's apartment, so they had to do the swap. Oh, that no. one, <laughs> that game, yes. Yeah. So they, they played that game, the same sort of style, but with different questions and some cameos that popped up. I'm not going to mention which cameos popped up because that kind of adds to it as well. Um, and then and, and the crux of the show itself was an interview with James Corden. And it was an interview in front of an audience uh, in front of the fountain. So at the beginning of every episode, you know, the, the, the opening credits is the cast dancing in front of this fountain, right? So they and did an in interview as well. In the fountain, yes. So they did, they did the interview just right in front of the fountain. So it was pretty cool. Um, and a lot of, and then they did, a, again, a lot of like talking heads of a lot of famous people who are fans of the show. And there was one bit in particular where they kind of went around the globe and interviewed a number of uh, people. Um, and it's because of how impactful the, the show was, right? It was, it, it was it, apparently over a billion it's been watched over a billion times across the globe. So they interviewed people in um, in Ghana. They interviewed people in Mexico. They interviewed people in uh, Croatia uh, and, and so on. And all these people were talking about how, um, and there's this one guy from India who was talking about how um, he discovered friends at a very, very low point in his life. Uh, and essentially he says what rescued him was watching episodes of friends and i was i was watching it with my with, with my other half and she was like oh come on that's it's being being a little bit being being a little bit too serious now what, what are you talking about it's just a tv show and then at, fast forward like a few minutes later they played a snippet from the last episode of 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 the show and there's this one scene that happens in the last episode of the show and i turn around 
and it got dusty in the room. <laughs> it got real dusty in the room. And I'm like, th- that's why it affected so many people. No matter, a lot of people watch the, the episodes now and they say, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's canned laughter. It's, it's sitcom and you know, whatever. It's, it's not really important. Or they go in the other direction and say, oh, it's like a lot of the jokes are, um, you know, not politically correct. And where are all the black people in New York? And so on so forth. I'm like, look, what you're doing there is just, you're seeking out reasons to not like the show. This show, added, it, it was it was fantastic then. It is still great now. I still sit down and I still watch episodes every now and again uh, when I've, I'm flicking through channels and I'll see it just sitting there. And I'm like, yeah, I want to watch that. That and Frasier are two shows, which I used to watch again back to back. I used to watch those shoes, those shows back to back. Uh, back in the day, because they always on channel four, it'll be nine o'clock till nine thirty, a new episode of Friends, and from nine thirty till ten would be Frasier. So I'd watch them back to back. In fact, the last episode of Frasier aired the week after the last episode of Friends, and those two shows till this day, you I'll throw on any episode and I will sit there and I will laugh my head off because of how funny it was. Um, and the reunion just brought all of that back. I just thought. Wow, it was a really well done, nostalgic feeling show. And they, they talked about like how it was created and why they never did the, the, um, the Sex and the City thing where they you know do a Friends movie and stuff. And the answer they gave, I was like, 100%, you are absolutely correct. That's why they shouldn't do a, 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 a Friends movie. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I highly recommend people watch that. I believe it's on Sky, it's on Sky one i think it's on sky one go check it out it's a hbo max uh um presentation so obviously it's if on, you have hbo it's on sky one but it's also on channel five and also you can get all the episodes on netflix as well yes i, mean, I was talking about the reunion episode uh, oh yeah, right okay so, yeah the reunion episode is on sky one and you can probably get it on hbo plus and yes you're absolutely right because if you know sky sky comedy um should have it as well Channel five, channel four will probably have it. Loads of, I think it's even on Netflix as well. So you can, there are tons of places that have friends. Go and check it out. If you've never checked it out, go and check it out. I, I, I'd like to say I'd guarantee that you find it funny, but you know, there are people that are going to watch it. It was like, I sat there, I watched it, I didn't even laugh one. I'm like, well, good for you. You're dead inside. <laughs> Leave me alone. So, uh, but yeah, that was, that was basically Friends Reunion. I loved it. Matt LeBlanc, um, uh, David Schwimmer, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Matthew Perry, Lucy Kudrow, six actors who were on a show that from, I will carry from, with me for the rest of my life as being one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, but yes, anyway, I'm, I'm going to stop waxing nostalgic there. Yeah, but that was lyrical. it. Waxing lyrical, thank you. Waxing lyrical. I'm going to stop waxing lyrical. I'm going to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, thank you for still staying with us, downloading our shows on the podcast. It comes out every Monday. Thank you to all the guests who keep coming on to the show and talking to us about their projects. We love watching their projects. Um, we're going to be talking to more of them later on in, in, in you know, as the weeks go by. Uh, John Alexander is one person I definitely want to speak with. He has just uh, finished uh, his film, 
um, a little Satch, is little Satchmo, I believe it's it's the name of the film. Uh, it's doing its um, it's doing its festival run at the moment. We'll have more on that. We're going to try and talk to him at some point um, about the film and his future projects. And we'll be talking to a whole bunch of people about their projects. Uh, I'll see if we can try and get James Kermack to come and talk about um, Knuckle Dust. We'll talk to Jenna Suru about all her other projects, and we'll just keep getting more and more of our friends to come in and shoot the breeze with us. And who knows, we might even bring back top five favorites. Yeah, <laughs> what do you think about yeah. that? I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing back top five favorites, but uh, I, I think I, I prefer it in the studio. You prefer the top five favorites in the studio, yes. Yeah. Um, I like watching your face when uh, you, I've snuck one of your, your top five bits, because I often take a peek at your list before we go through. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna railroad him. I'm gonna put this as my, my number three. So it comes out. I was like, and then so David, what's your number one? Well, funny enough that you said funny that. enough you stole <laughs> it from me already. Yes, but yeah. Anyway, we'll get back into the studio pretty pretty soon enough and uh, see how we can get that done. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm still producer Dave. Then thank you all very much for listening. Speak to you all again next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>